In today's show, we'll be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of 2022, and what you need to do differently to get even better results in 2023. Hi, I'm Dave Crane, an ex-BBC journalist who transforms decision makers and business owners who are feeling unknown and scared to speak on stage into highly respected and branded industry experts who are frequently getting offered five, six, and even seven-figure contracts to do exactly what they did before. During the pandemic, I lost everything except the belief that, like me, the world is full of frustrated leaders and game changers with untapped potential and brilliant ideas who felt time was always against them because they were worth much, much more and just needed help to learn to jump and grow wings on the way down. And so that's what I do. I help create industry icons. Imagine being in constant demand, headhunted and interviewed because you're the visionary whose life purpose and passion are aligned. So every single day you wake up smiling, truly happy, only doing what you want, when you want and having plenty of time to spend with those you love. I created the Industry Icon Program to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you to fly. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life worth living, it's an honor to be serving you. And now it's your turn to build a legacy. So let's get started. We need to talk. This is your time to become an industry icon. Welcome back to the final episode of the year. Hope you're excited about it. Speak on stage, a very own podcast and TV show, which gets chopped up into little bits and distributed across the entire world. And we broadcast live across LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and other stuff. And when I say other stuff, I only say that because things are changing. I'll explain why things are changing in today's show so you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. Welcome to the show. If you've never caught it before, there's lots of other episodes which you can catch up on iTunes and on Spotify. I'll go to speakonstage.com and just click on the links and you get access to all the podcasts and stuff that we've done before. Um, here's the thing. When we talk about 2022... It's going to be a lot of different thoughts. Some people are going, it's the best year ever. Some people are going, I hated it. Some people are going, meh, bit of both. For me, it's kind of like meh, and I'll explain exactly why. And you might resonate with it, because it's not because of the normal things that people would pick up on. There's lots of other things outside of me that made me think, uh, could be getting better, maybe it will. But I want to know what you think of it very much. So put it down in the comments. When we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, what is it that you resonate with? Was it a fantastic year? Did you make more money? Did you connect with people? Did you reinvent your business? Did you lose your job? Did you find that people were more open to you, or did you find that people were less open? All those things make a big difference on to, difference to your overall impact uh, on what the world does for you. So I'd like to know that. Put it into the comments uh, wherever you are. I'd love to comment on those things too. So when we're looking at that, I want to start off by giving you a choice. In the comments, start off with either good, bad, or ugly. What really resonates with you? Good, bad, or ugly? Put a tick in the box and let me know so I can see what you're thinking about it too. All right. Now, when I talk about the importance of being a speaker or growing your brand or running your business so people can be optimized in their relationship with you, it's all based on this basic diagram. Now, when you look at this, you can see that You've got live events which are coming back. You've got the fact that you can be a mentor and a coach. You can earn through having a membership, which we've got with Game Changers. You can produce products and services that people love and they buy from you online or in person. You've also got affiliate sales, selling other people's stuff and joint ventures that you can set up that aren't even your business. Where you just so, oh, you need something. 
And I know somebody who's got that. If I introduce you, will you give me a commission for it? And in many cases, in most cases, depending on whether they can Google the person or not, they'll say yes. So you've not done any work. You've just connected them. And uh, this diagram that you see in front of you, um, and if you're listening to the podcast, it's called Speaker Income Streams. Google it. I'll look it up on my uh, website and you'll find it. We talk about all the different ways that a speaker can earn money. Um, and the, the figures aren't definitive. That's why I don't talk about the actual figures because for some people, make a lot more than the numbers you see here. And for some people, it's a lot less. But in the coming year, we will be talking about the activities that you need to do to be able to boost the impact that you have on the outside world. I won't be talking about that today because we've got so many more things to discuss when we look at 2022. Okay, so before we do that, if you want to get an edge on 2022, we've got the Personal Branding Accelerator Program. If you want to get your brand up to the really high levels that you need to have to make an impact, then it includes overcoming imposter syndrome. Uh, it helps you to grow your LinkedIn leadership strategy so you're positioned really well and people find you and want to do business with you, helping you design messaging maps so people want to work with you because you know exactly who your target audience is. Growing your personal brand, which is essential to everything you do from now on, trust me. Uh, and also podcast guest mastery, the fastest way to be able to be famous without actually having to have a podcast of your own. We'll be talking about that a little bit more later on with more in depth. But if you can't wait that long, go to speakonstage.com um, backslash accelerator. And if you can't spell accelerator, it's spelled accelerator. You have to Google it. It'll tell you whether it's right or not. Okay, so let's move on with this. What did you discover this year? What made a big impact for you? Did you find that everything you were working on fell into place or did you hit a big brick wall because either strikes or technology or mindset or even just coronavirus hadn't completely disappeared or maybe you had a business that needed coronavirus to be around and so it changed dramatically and you found yourself in a different position. I'd love to know that and I want to share with you what I think. Now these thoughts I'm sharing with you today are my own personal thoughts. So please don't sue me saying, well, that's not true. I'm sure it's not true from your perception. I'm only sharing mine. But here's where I start off. I think people are still thinking it's 2018, that the pandemic never happened. Oh, we're back to normal. We're okay. You're out, the, you're out of your house and you're in the office. So therefore, everything's the same. In my opinion, nothing's the same. Whether people are back in the office or never going to go back in the office, I think that there's been a lot that's changed in the way that we relate to each other, we relate to ourselves, and how business is done. Now, I can understand if you've been in a business where financially things have picked up, especially in the tech business, IT, or, or in cloud technology, or artificial intelligence, any of those things that have done really well, then you'll see, especially cybersecurity, you'll see that as people stayed at home, they invested more in your technology and you could grow, expand your teams and do much more. But I really think that 2018 was waiting for a fall and a big tsunami to hit it anyway. I didn't expect it to be a pandemic, but I did expect it to be a digital tsunami and that's here now. Kind of blurring the edges because we're so used to being battered in lots of different ways. So with that being said, I do believe you need an edge over your competition in 2023. Even if you're doing okay just now or doing very well just now, things can alter really quickly. Let's talk very briefly about the changes that have come from social media. The way social media was at the beginning of last year is quite clear there's some big hitters who are ruling the roost. Twitter was doing well, Facebook was still doing well, Instagram, LinkedIn, not so big, but very focused. And then you got TikTok coming in like a, a storm to take the younger audience, but also start becoming one of the top search engines on the planet, even going against YouTube when people wanted to know stuff. That's altered quite dramatically. We will talk about that, but that's just looking at social media. We don't even know if social media is going to be relevant in the years to come. Because the guys that pioneered it are not in the same position as they were when they first started it. We'll talk about that in more depth. I'd love to know your thoughts as I share these ideas, by the way. Because as I do, I want to know whether they are resonating with you. So we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of 2022. Let's start at the very beginning. Now let's look at the good. This is your part one. 
So when we talk about the good things that happened in 2022, these are all relative to my perceptions. You may feel differently. I'd love to know what your perceptions are. None of us are wrong or right. It's just our own experiences of what went on. Now, the good thing for me is, first of all, most of us are still alive and breathing fine, thanks to the vaccinations, thanks to the steps that were taken, and thanks to the fact that many people just, well, people are really smart. They work it out in the end, or they don't work it out. But in most cases, people are back at work. I know that at this moment in time of broadcasting, China's getting a second level of, of uh, coronavirus mixed with flu, mixed with other stuff. And that is a problem that we need to be careful of. But it's not hitting us for the first time like it did before. Nobody expected to wear masks. But in most cases, people will put a mask on if they feel that there's a pandemic around. And we also know that by covering their faces, the odds are they'll be okay if they go around their daily work, sanitize, distance, and they're going to be fine. Not that most people do that anymore. Not that you need to do that so much in <clears throat> anymore but everyone realizes that that is a great way to be able to deal with the unknown because we've known it now so that's got to be a major plus next up leaders were held more accountable in 2022 and i'm talking leaders on every level i'm talking about political leaders now i deliberately don't go near politics i don't mention names but I'm sure wherever you are in the world, you've got somebody who comes to mind going, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's different. I'm from the UK, so we've had some changes that have come through. Uh, and it shows that in many ways the systems do work, even though there was a real blip. Whereas if you had more money than everybody else, everyone assumed that you were the smartest person as well in the room. And quite clearly that's not necessarily the case in every case. You're very good at what you do, but you need to have more empathy to be able to be more effective. I think that's one thing that came across. So leaders are being more accountable, not in every case, but it does feel like maybe it's social media that drives it, but also drives the voice of the people at the same time. And so we're all a little bit more paranoid, but we're all a little bit more leveled by that whole experience too. That worried me a lot, personally worried me. All right, next up, number three, is entertainment is back again. After three years of very little happening, I'm glad to say that you've got your favorite TV shows. In fact, some of the best TV we've ever had uh, on Netflix and HBO and uh, on, on Disney Plus, all these different streaming networks on domestic networks as well, because these actors and these script writers and these film directors have been waiting a very long time to put their best work out there. And so it's all hitting us at once. There's not enough hours in the day to be able to watch your favorite TV shows, which is a good thing. Uh, for the industry as well, because it kickstarts people's interest in it. But it hasn't quite driven people back to the cinema in the same numbers. For the big tentpole movies, it has. But for many cases, some of the best TV, or best movies you'll get to see, don't go on at the cinema. They actually just reach you in your home and get streamed first. For in-person live events, um, that's a good thing. We've seen a lot of change in the events industries across the world, but they're still kind of slow. Here's where the challenges are for many people, and you probably recognize this if you're in the entertainment industry. My entire career has been in entertainment. Uh, five decades, I know I look much younger, of being in front of people with microphones or on the radio or TV or whatever it is, writing, all that stuff. When the pandemic hit, that all disappeared immediately. And also the ability to teach people how to speak and work audiences disappeared. All my clients were going, goodness me, I don't have to call Dave now because I don't get in front of an audience. But what we had instead was this. We had this online version of everything we do, which is really good. It's really effective and it's really challenging. And it also shows that people are able to rise to the top of the food chain. But when it comes to live events, they are coming back, but they have a real struggle. And I'm saying this because Dubai is one of the biggest places for global events, probably on the planet right now. But a lot of them are not paying very well. Why? Because sponsors are going, oh, I don't really want to put money into it because we're still a bit wounded where we are. We want to reach your audience. Let's suck it and see and see how it works. Next time we'll do more with you. And so there's a lot more people who see themselves as speakers as well which is fantastic, but there's a lot more of a challenge with events maybe being cancelled last minute and people expect that to happen. So we've got kind of shady, shaky ground and I think that that will change when we start seeing just the long period of events coming up. People are worried that events might not happen and certain events will. I think the smart play has always been 
to do a combination of in-person at a premium rate, but also stream it online for people who want to attend it at different price points for different experiences. So for instance, if you're seeing a keynote speaker live, that's fantastic. You get all the experiences of being there and maybe they'll sign their book in front of you. But if you're watching online and paying a fraction of the same amount of money, maybe get a digital version of their book. Maybe you get access to their podcast. Maybe they do a couple of streaming sessions for a small group of people afterwards and you get exclusive tickets for that. There's lots of different ways of spreading it with that. So I find that fascinating. So when it comes around to looking at uh, in-person events, it's kind of finding its feet. It will come back because with all the technology that we've experienced, which is fascinating and amazing, you've also got to look at that with that technology, um, a lot of the work is being removed from what humans used to do. A lot of the heavy lifting stuff we used to do is being computed by AI or it's done by algorithms and so on. So that means that being more human in what you do is more important. So in-person events, I expect to grow rapidly where people actually say, well, artificial intelligence could have written that, but I want to see a person to see if they're genuine, see if they are that smart or they really know that stuff. And that's going to be great for everybody who likes to hold an audience. Number four on this is tech. Super exciting right now. Artificial intelligence, everyone's talking about it. Gaming never went away, but it's still huge. The metaverse has taken a bit of a hit because people don't want it yet in the form that it is. But I do think it will still be the one to watch. Maybe with artificial intelligence changing and VR as well. Um, a, a, sorry, maybe with um, uh, AR, which is augmented reality and VR. The whole extended reality stuff. So when you go into... Um, a shopping mall, whether you've got glasses that do it or whether you can use your phone, you hold it up and, and suddenly the history of the products comes up in front of you and a rating, just like you'd get on Amazon in front of you. That's extended reality. I see that being more and more. Fintech's taken a bit of a bash, uh, as you've probably seen with crypto and the recent situations we've got there. NFT's going the same way. Um, and people turn around and say, hold on, um, you paid how much for a bored ape? And what's actually happened in many ways is a lot of the people who are advocates for that emerging industry, which I still believe had to happen, um, are now getting sued by people saying, you persuaded me on your advert to spend all this money with that company. They've gone bust and you said they were good. So I'm going to sue you. And so it's kind of in flux at the moment. Blockchain's important. It's not everything, but it is important to be able to be accountable for all the things that you do. Data, as always, is worth more than gold, worth more than oil. The ability to know what's going on with people around the world and how they think and be able to produce real results and make real decisions based on where things are going from the data in front of you is always going to be top of the food chain. But adding to that, in 2022, we saw beginnings of nanotechnology, which is only going to grow in the next 12 months. Uh, devices, whether you're talking about your phone or you're talking about your tablet or you're talking about other things for operations, surgery, all these things are fascinating. Drone technology, as we've experienced even as a weapon, um, is, is fascinating and dangerous and scary. But that's part of what happens when you've got advances and then you've got all the robots that come along with it. Isn't it mad to say robots coming along with it? Like it's, yeah, robots. But they've all been there. We're going to head out later on to Expo 2020 in Dubai. And as we head down to the Expo Center, there's robots all around us that will talk to you and tell you where you need to go for amazing things to happen. It's just normal now. Take it back a couple of years ago, it would have been Star Wars only. Fascinating, isn't it? All right, next up on this is the Qatar World Cup. Now, lots of people had their own view on football and on the Qatar World Cup, and it was controversial, and lots of people had lots of things to say about it. You may have noticed. However, after all that, it's still produced, in my opinion, one of the best World Cups I've ever seen. Every single game brought really high-scoring matches. Not every single game, but the, 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 the amount of goals produced was incredible. The final... Messi versus Mbappe, France against Argentina, was, in my opinion, the best final I've ever seen bar none. It's probably the best football match I've ever seen bar none. And so well done to everybody who put it all together. And I'll say one thing from having lived in this part of the world for, let's see, I've lived in Dubai now for 30 years. I lived in this region, Middle East, for, for the same amount of time. 
people were very fast to jump on and say, right, you can't do it like this, you can't do it like that. Well, you can't do it like that's where you come from. But there's certain things that happen here that are good, certain things that happen here that are bad, certain things that happen here that are ugly, but they're progressing all the time. So when it comes to the next World Cup or the next big sporting event, before you start pointing out things to people and saying, this is terrible, have a look in your own backyard. Because I guarantee the same people are pointing out bad things about A, B, C, and D. Again, I'm avoiding talking about those subjects. You may find the same things coming up in four years' time in your part of the world. Just saying. I know that's controversial, or it might not be controversial because you don't know what I was talking about, but you probably do. So well done to the World Cup. Back to normal football, and I'm so glad we're back to normal football. I actually really enjoy watching Champions League and Premier League, and suddenly everything disappeared. But it's back which is good. Okay, so that's what I would say. They are the things that are the good. The things that are bad are things that may not go away even in our lifetime, but to me, they became a lot more apparent. Now, as you're listening to this or you're watching this, I'd love to know your thoughts and your comments. There's always a section where you can put what you think about it. Um, and if you disagree with me, fantastic. I'd love to know. I will reply to you um, when I see what you put. Um, and I love to be wrong because I learned from that. I visited my opinions, my experience with the people that I, I got to play with, the people I work with, uh, and the things that I see. Um, and so I'm more than happy to see a different view of it and say, you know what, you've got a point, I'm completely wrong. Anyway, let's look at part two, and that's about the bad things that I perceived from 2022. I'm starting right away with this. Nobody cares about you. We do and they don't. Well, nobody cares about what happened during a pandemic. They either don't want to talk about it or because their experience was so different to yours, they're like, well, what's your big problem? As a motivational speaker who went through 18 months plus of zero actual work coming through, when you mention that to people, they say, oh, come on, that doesn't sound very motivational. No, it's not, but it's part of the journey that I went through and the experience I went through and everybody's got their own story. And I don't think that it's that they want to keep a positive spin on things. I worry that people actually just don't care. Now, let me explain a bit more about that. And you might say, Dave, that's not true. Look at what we're doing for charity. And I'm not talking about everybody. I'm talking about the fact that people are feeling more wounded and more challenged than ever before. And I think that one of the things that they do is they become a little bit more selfish about their recovery. It's not about what's happening to the world. I mean, I remember when the pandemic broke out, everyone was saying, look after everybody else. Share, give, nurture, check on your neighbors. And then suddenly after about two or three months, that stopped. It was all for every man for himself or every woman for herself or every person for themselves. And that is kind of the theme that we've had until very recently, where it seems to be that people are becoming more accountable. I don't know your thoughts on that, but certainly what I experienced. Okay, next up on that, it was a year where Google had no answers for me. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Google. I use Google all the time. But I found that Google had actually crossed over, in my opinion, from telling me what I needed to know about the world to just telling me who was shouting about it loudest. SEO had become a thing where people were just getting really high on SEO, on the rankings, and being seen as being the best in their industry, but I didn't get the answers to the questions I asked in the first place. And it could be something as mundane as when's this show coming back again, or, or what happens next, or what should I do if X, Y, and Z should occur. All I found was basically websites where somebody's used those keywords to make me go through a load of stuff and end up in an even worse position than I was before because I've got a load of stuff bouncing around, lots of shiny object syndrome. You say, oh, that's interesting. And you start clicking on links that don't actually reflect anything for you. And I found it was really hard and challenging to get what you needed. This isn't a reflection on Google. Um, this is a reflection on the way that SEO and being able to do search ranking has taken over over the original idea that you could find what you wanted by going onto the internet. I think this is going to change. I think artificial intelligence is going to reinvent this entire industry, but then it may end up with some other challenges, which we'll discuss in a moment. Not least the fact that if you've played with artificial intelligence and you've put in searches and you, you've got incredible information back, 
Think about all the data that's being churned out. Where is that going to go? There's an abundance of data only just starting to happen. And if you think about what happens with cryptocurrency, when they're mining bitcoins or they're mining other coins, then these computers become a real hazard with climate control because they heat up to such a rate that you need to have your servers in ice in a cold country because it gets too hot. Imagine what artificial intelligence will start doing when everybody starts using it. Just a thought. Okay, next up on the list is this. I had to look after my own mental health. Now, when I talk about my own mental health and emotional health, I'm actually a therapist by trade. I'm a hypnotherapist, life coach. I've worked with many, many people, help them deal with stress, get over childhood issues, stop smoking, all that stuff. But I'm also a guy, which you probably guessed, the beard should let you know. Um, and as a guy, we never get taught how to deal with emotional challenges to ourselves. As a dad and as a brother uh, and as a husband, you help where you can. And you're very good at taking a helicopter view and suggesting to people, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't because you use a lot of empathy, but nobody tells you how to look after yourself. And I found that to be a real challenge this last year. Combinations of anxiety, depression, being able to see where things are going, and a hangover of what happened with the pandemic, where there was no work coming in. Now work's coming in, which is fantastic. We're with fascinating people all around the world. But what you can end up with is a thing called burnout, which you're kind of aware of. But have you heard of burn on? Burn out is when you just get exhausted and you can't do it anymore. Burn on is that you're, imagine that you're driving your car and you get to sand and you're still spinning the wheels, you're not moving forward and you've got your foot on the accelerator hoping it's going to take. Does that make sense? I read this on a book and burn on is something to consider, especially if you're not burning out. Burnout means I've had enough, I can't deal with it anymore. But sometimes you can keep going, but you're not very productive. So all those are challenges that I had to come to terms with and through mindfulness and meditation and just being honest and open with myself. I, for the first time, would admit, yeah, I've got challenges. Yeah, I'm not happy. I'm having a terrible day. And you may say, but that's not what a motivational speaker should do. No, a motivational speaker should find a way to be able to move past it. But you don't get motivated unless you know that something has happened. Something has taken place. How you get over adversity and you feel inspired by the mindset and the results of what happened. That got you from, from that position to that position in that period of time. And you create a template that other people can follow or be inspired by. That's what a motivational speaker is. It doesn't mean that everything works out to be perfect. It means it works out to be U-shaped, but it's better off than it was before. And at least you get some life lessons out of it. Does that make sense? So that was kind of a challenge for me. It might be for many people as well, but I am on top of it. Thank you for asking. And I appreciate that as well. All right, number four in the things that for, for me was bad uh, is a factor. And it's not bad as in bad, but it's just true in many cases. It seemed that we found out for the first time that some of the leaders that we had who are not elected leaders, these are people who are just really rich, and the amount of people that bought social media platforms because it means that they got a voice piece, in many cases for their business, in many cases their ego, for many cases just because they could, it didn't mean that they actually had a lot that they could say that appealed to most people. Again, I'm not going to mention names, but we found a lot of people who were very, very successful financially and geniuses in what they did, or at least geniuses in how they inherited money and did after that, they just didn't have enough empathy. And it kind of made them look dumb because while they're saying this is the way it is, and a lot of people, don't get me wrong, turn around, and I found this fascinating, a lot of people turn around and say, but look how successful they are, they must be right. No, they're rich, it's different. If you're obsessed with just making money, which the world kind of makes us get in that direction as well, then you're going to say, well, they must be super powerful and super smart. No, they just had a lot, a lot more lucky breaks than you did. They did certain things really well and maybe had advantages that you'll never see. Not many people become billionaires from scratch, but many become billionaires from being millionaires or being attached to stuff. And we've already seen a couple of challenges in the crypto world, which I won't discuss, but you already see. So I think emotional intelligence is essential to be able to bring the very best out of leaders. Now, this is not me saying it because, Dave, you've just invented it. This has been proven for a very long time. 
I remember talking to a friend of mine who is a multimillionaire and he shared with me, uh, Jeff is a very successful author as well. I won't say his full name because he's going to go, oh, give me some money. But Jeff Smith, um, really dear friend of mine, a uh, very smart thinker. And when we discussed money, he said, I remember an interview with Tom Jones, who's a very famous British singer from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s, and even now uh, a real legend star. And he said that he was being interviewed on a TV show, I think it's Michael Parkinson. And the question came across about money. And the, the, the interviewee said, well, now that you've got some big hits, has money changed you? And his answer was fascinating. He said, no, money doesn't change you. What it does is it allows you to be the real you. Think about that. So when you find that somebody who's very successful starts repulsing you, and you go, oh my goodness, is that what they really like? Yes, that's what they're really like. They're playing a game to get you to like them until then. Not in all cases, but it's just an interesting way to look at it. Okay, so I'm not knocking money. I'm not knocking success. I'm not knocking being rich. I know lots of very successful, I know lots of billionaires who are most amazing, um, lovely people who also give back to everything, sponsor things, put together breakfast dinners for businessmen to get together and just chat and work out how they can move forward or just socialize. It's not a go at rich people, but I did notice that if there's no empathy and there's no emotional intelligence, then it's you might as well have nothing. And it doesn't take money to get that. Okay, so next up is this. I found that nobody's coming to rescue you. You have to work it out on your own. And this is more true now, I think, than it was years and years ago. Probably because what happens is when you've got a pandemic, people who rush over, and I'm not talking about the nurses who did an incredible job of frontline services and food delivery people, all the people, fire services, all the people of frontline defense. Most people don't come up to see if you're okay when you've got the pandemic because they don't want to catch anything. And that kind of, in my opinion, has leaked into the way that people perceive each other as well. So unless it is going to be for them, most people don't help out others. Now, I know there are exceptions to the rules, and I just want to put this out front and center because the fact I'm flagging it up as a problem means that we should all be a little bit more empathetic. You don't know what's going on with people. You don't know what anybody else has to go through, the challenges that they've got. Even somebody who you don't like, there's a story behind them on how they became in that position. And maybe they've got a wound that they're trying to hide from you, but you can't see that their entire life is about conquering. When somebody walks about and goes bling, 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 look at all my stuff, it's probably that deep inside they're kind of insecure and they really need to prove that they are good people. And that's the fastest and the easiest way of doing it. I remember when Dyer, uh, in one of his presentations, was talking about when you've got an orange and you squeeze it, what comes out? Juice, what kind of juice? Orange juice. Why? Because it's an orange. So when you squeeze people and they go for a hard time and all they do is bite and chew and give you a really hard time as well and become really toxic, that's often because inside they're toxic as well. They're not happy. They don't feel comfortable in their own skin. If you squeeze somebody, I'm not saying you should squeeze anybody, but if you squeeze somebody who's pretty much balanced with who they are and how the world works, even if you squeeze them, their view of the world doesn't change. And their ability to help you doesn't change. They may be a little bit resentful, but not if they've conquered the bigger, wider scheme of things. So that's why I think it's really important to understand that. And you need to work on yourself. You need to be able to work out what you need to get better and to find what the things that are going to help you, your family, the people you love, or people you want to love as we move forward. So those are the things I'd like to put into when it comes to um, part two, which was all about the bad. Part three, the ugly. And you may have realized I'm taking this from the good, the bad and the ugly, that Clint Eastwood movie from a long time ago, because I'm old and I remember it. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Clint Eastwood, major, major legend star, director. And you, you might know him as a director. You probably don't even know him when he was like the hottest man on the planet, according to all the surveys. Clint Eastwood. Anyway, part three 
is about the ugly truth, which is about what we need to understand to be able to move forward and be more successful. And I think for, for whatever you've seen so far and the comments and the thoughts that you have, then this is probably the most important section because it doesn't matter what's happened in the past. It's what you're going to do about it and what you do next that matters. So let's get straight into that. First on the list is this. I think you need to question everything. When you see it on the news, when you see people talking about stuff, throw that question. Why are they doing it? What do they possibly get out of it? And I know you're thinking, well, you know, it's quite obvious. It's their job. No, not necessarily. If you follow the trail somewhere along the line, there's power, there's money, there's politics, there's, there's, there's control. There's something in it somewhere, not even necessary from the person that you're looking at. Somewhere along the line, there's a bigger system. And I think much of those systems were really pushed to the edge. We shouldn't be going into a recession. There's more money, there's more resources, there's more people than we've ever had before. More smart ways of connecting. Why are we going into a recession? Yes, I know there's a pandemic and we had to cope with that. But we should also be looking at the, the system we have on who earns money. You've got a situation, for instance, in the UK. And again, I don't like getting into politics. But in the UK, there's people choosing between whether they eat or they turn on their central heating because they can't do both. And yet, the companies that are supplying a lot of the fuel and electricity and so on are talking about recording of the best profits X ever for their shareholders. Somewhere along the line, the system isn't serving everybody. Maybe it never did. But that makes me think, well, every time I do something, let's reverse engineer and see what's at the heart of it. Not everything is like this, but it's also worth thinking about when you have a challenge in front of you and you're not sure why or where you should do it. There's a business model on there. Can you benefit from it by looking at the business model and actually jumping in with it? rather than fighting against it. Love to know your thoughts and comments. So that's questioning everything. There's an angle. What is that angle? All right, next up is this. You already have all the right answers to everything you need to do in your life. You just don't know it yet. So what I think you need to do is ask better questions. This is where Google comes in, despite what I said before, and artificial intelligence is coming in. If you ask better questions, you get better answers. Now, if using your brain only as a supercomputer, your brain will answer you in the way and the manner of the questions that you phrase. So if you say, why am I fat? It's because you, you eat too much and you don't exercise, you useless dollop, or something like that. But if you say to it, how can I get thinner and fitter? It'll say, oh, well, what you need to do is maybe go into Google and see a fitness program or buy an at-home fitness program or maybe go out and walk more times. It will come up with answers in a different way from the questions that you originally posted in your brain. So what you need to do is then ask better questions because the answers are almost always the same. We might have new technology and new ways of doing stuff and new business models are being put out there. But your values and the way you relate to others and how we survive as human beings is always the same. So what are the ways that these relate to you? You have to do some homework and work it out, but you have got the answers. If you're scratching your head and saying, I don't know what to do, Dave, ask yourself a different question. Or even ask yourself a question about the question, which is, what should I actually ask myself to get a better result? Start with that. All right, next up is this. The ugly truth of moving forward, number three, is expect greater disruption in everything. I've mentioned a couple of things in this podcast already. Artificial intelligence will take over a lot of jobs. A lot of companies will try and save money, especially in a recession, by getting rid of people where they can get artificial intelligence to do the job for them. Robotics has done that before. Algorithms and functions of apps and stuff has done that. There's going to be a lot more of that. But I do believe that if you are finding that disruption has hit you, all you need to do is work out how you can go and ride the wave. So maybe you need to add a human element to what you do rather than doing something that a robot or an algorithm can do faster and better than you. We're going to see a lot of challenges when it comes to fintech and crypto. The banks are trying to fight back as best as they can to say, ha ha, you must give your money to us first and not to anybody else, which they're pretty good at doing. Um, but also you'll find that in new stuff like nanotechnology and phones and so on, there'll be some stuff we hadn't even thought of. In Dubai, they're rolling out their first ever flying taxis. Fascinating. 
There's going to be stuff that you hadn't even dreamed of or only ever watched on Star Trek or Star Wars. It's going to be a really interesting way to look at things, but I'd love to see as well that there's a disruption in the way that we treat each other so we start to treat each other better and connect. There's going to be a massive disruption as well in social media. I did talk about this earlier, and it's something that I really think you need to consider. Let's get to the basics of social media at this moment in time. For about 10 years, we've been on Facebook and, and, and I don't know, LinkedIn and Twitter and everything. And you've got your big hitters. But that's altering dramatically. I'm going to show you exactly where people spend their money and where the business is. Because right now, we might see a change. We might see a disappearance of social media as we know it. I know you're going, no, Dave, but you're on social media now. Mark this space. It's only 10 years old. And the big hitters who we all saw and loved and trusted as the pioneers of the future, they're all kind of faltering. Because they're not using enough emotional intelligence and being able to see where the thing is going now. They're all saying, take it in my direction. You can do that when you start, but maybe people don't want it in your direction. You have to go where the people work. I mean, one of the questions I always ask, I always teach my clients, is this. When you deal with any customer or members of your family or your partner or anything, you ask one question. What's in it for them? Not what's in it for you. We know what you get out of it. You get love, money, happiness, whatever it is, job security. But what's in it for them? If you think about what's in it for them and you concentrate on doing the right stuff for them, they will love you and work with you and stay with you because you're, you're great fun to know anyway, hopefully, but you are delivering what they want you to deliver. So think about that question first. And I don't think that's what's been happening. I think that we've gone down a dark route in many cases. And I think we've got a natural rebalance of that, which has to be a good thing. All right. So reach out and connect with people directly. Here's a warning for you. And you may have already experienced this. When you see a change of social media platforms and you've got X amounts of followers or, or, or connections around the world, if that platform goes down, you lose access to everybody. You've got to help all those people who are following you suddenly go to a different platform and they start to follow you and like you again. And history has proven that if you haven't built it up while you're on those platforms, then they won't find you again. There's loads of people who are on Vine who are super successful, millions of followers, and then when it closed overnight, it disappeared. And so did their contacts. Friendspace, Friendster, um, MySpace. All these different platforms that people were using, when they go down, they go down very quickly. So what you have to do is you have to find that you connect with people, create a great relationship, maybe get them onto WhatsApp, maybe get their email so they can go onto your mailing list, but find multi an omni-channel for them to reach you and also multiple ways of being connected with them in ways that they like to be reached. Don't spam them and don't spam people you don't know, but get people to give consensual and mutual agreement to being part of your mailing list and that's how you will weather the storm on all these challenges. Plus also reach out and connect with people. We're no longer worried about seeing somebody like that when you're going to talk to them. There's no masks in the same way. Talk to people. People are lonely and they won't tell you because they don't know themselves. People are starving. People are, are stressed more than probably ever before in our lifetimes. So reach out and connect with them directly. Even if it's just to say, I'm thinking of you, all the best. And if you're saying, but what about strangers? I'm a bit shy, Dave, especially after being in lockdown for such a long time. Well, what, why don't you just reconnect with your existing people? Get on their radars. Because one thing you don't want to happen is you get to the end of your life or somebody else gets to the end of their life and you regret it. you couldn't reach out to them or you didn't contact them. Just say hi. You don't have to say too much. Just say enough to let them know that you care. And lastly, moving forward for the future, and this is my biggest success tip for 2023, build your personal brand and learn to communicate effectively. If you are invisible, people don't know who you are, what you do, and why we should do any business with you. Now, this is very business orientated, but it's the same if you're single or you're looking for a better friend community. If you don't exist, people won't know, and you, sorry, you do exist, but you're not on their radar, people won't know and they won't care about connecting with you. And that's kind of challenging. So when I talk about building up a brand, you don't have to build it up like me. You don't have to be able to do this.
In fact, in many cases, you shouldn't do that. What you should do is do what feels comfortable to you. So that means connecting with people in a way that you show your expertise, but also you show your human side, your values, the things you care about. Because if you're off the radar, nobody will see you and they will just go to somebody else and work with them instead. So I think it's really important to start considering how to build your personal brand and also how to communicate effectively. Now, communication doesn't just mean public speaking. Communication also means the way that you post, the way that you send messages to people, the way that when you're in face-to-face -face and in person, you carry yourself with your body language and the ways that you buy people a coffee. Excuse me, just had my coffee during that video. The way that you buy people a drink first before they do, that tells them a lot of stuff sometimes subconsciously about the kind of person that you are. So your communication has lots of different levels. It's really important to make sure that even if it's not the real you, the view that people see is one that they want to do business with and they want to respect and work with. So with that being said, I think that that's kind of where you should be looking. Now, how can you fast track great results and get people to want to work with you? And the solution is here already. Look at this seamlessly going into the personal branding accelerator program this is something i put together before and uh, i think that if you're heading into 2023 and wondering what about my new year's resolutions how do i make it work generally when you talk about new year's resolutions they don't work for lots of reasons and i will do a show all about that it's usually because you're aiming at stuff you don't feel comfortable with and after the guilt has disappeared you go back to your old habits i don't think you should do goal setting by the way i think you should do business model understanding Work out how the business model works for something that you really want to achieve. You reverse engineer to get to the, all the, the steps and just put the steps in place with a timetable of how you do it. So with a personal branding accelerator, it falls into this question. And this is business. You create your brand. This is what the Industry Icon program does. And this is what the, the Game Changers do, my, my programs. You show people the certainty and the social proof that you are the right person to do business with. They see it in the green. You create a niche, you market yourself, and you look for what the client wants. Now, the client's objectives are very simple. They've got a headache that they need to have fixed. And they're looking for somebody who's the best supplier for it. Not always the cheapest, but the most effective one that they can work with. And you can see it with a the list there. Client's objectives, what's my headache, who can fix it? Who's the best fit? And that best fit might be financially. It might be just getting on with them. They might not have a problem with money. They might want to have somebody who's really interactive and gives lots of solutions. But most of all, who makes them feel special? That's why they stop working with you if you don't do that. And if they know that you will fix their headache or they think the odds are that you can fix their headache, sold, deal, done, they'll work with you. They want to know that there's a return on investment, so you've got a really good sales stuff. But that's basically how business works. You want to be the best choice, and that means you've got to be visible. People are going to see you, and then they're going to want to work with you. Does that make sense? Yes, Dave. Put your thoughts in the comments, by the way. I'd love to know. All right. So when that's being told, and we start to look at your objectives, then this is something I mentioned earlier, the speaker business model. I won't dwell on this too much, but this lends itself so once you've worked out your brand and your relationship with the world, then you can monetize it easily by just doing more of being you. Speaking, communicating, and being more of you. Creating tribes. You don't even have to hold a microphone to do this. We will talk about this at, the, at a different level. I'll go back through my old podcasts and you'll see it all there. Next up then is the accelerator. This is why you should consider doing it. There's five modules. First one is overcoming imposter syndrome, then LinkedIn leadership strategy, then designing messaging maps and personal branding, and then also how to get on people's podcasts so they want to work with you. So let's have a look at how this works. I put surveys onto LinkedIn for each of these things to find out what people really wanted. So the first one, module one, imposter syndrome. I threw a survey and asked the question, what are the biggest challenges for you regarding imposter syndrome? Now, here's what I got back. Some people want to know the causes, that's 11%. 22% want to know the remedies. 11% the possibilities of what happens afterwards. But most people said how others fixed it and what their successes were. So in the imposter syndrome module, we go through every single part of that. I'll, I'll share with you some of these biggest stars here. These are people, by the way, and if you look at them, you can see Meryl Streep, 
You can see Robert Pattinson. You can see Ryan Reynolds and Lady Gaga and Tom Hanks, amongst many other people, um, who all suffer from imposter syndrome. Actors notoriously do feel that that's part of their vulnerability. But also when you're not going through, if you're a genius at acting, you're resting because you've got no work coming in, that affects you as well. Every single actor goes through this, so you are not alone. But success leaves clues, and we go for the clues of how you get over imposter syndrome, and I've got an incredible solution for you. I'll tell you about that when you join. All right, next up is we threw this survey out all about, excuse me, just wipe my glasses now. There we go. Um, all about um, LinkedIn. What do you want to know most about LinkedIn to be able to create success? 18% said how to make a great profile page. 18% writing awesome posts. But the majority of people said, how do I get more engagement? And how do I monetize what I do? Now, here's the thing for me, and that my thoughts are not about getting more engagement. I don't think it matters about getting more engagement. I don't care if I get a million likes. What I care about is how many have actually turned into business. Does that make sense? Now, here's the thing that's so fascinating about that, and what I believe is going to be the future of LinkedIn. LinkedIn's going to grow to such a crazy rate and it's going to be super important. If you look at this diagram, I don't know how well you can see it if you're looking on your phone, but you can see right on the left-hand side, it says Big 59, and that's the LinkedIn. This is where people get their um, business, which social media channels generate business for, for companies. So by far, 59% comes from LinkedIn. 33% uh, people don't know where it comes from. It just comes from, we do social, it comes through. I've never measured it. That's a lot of people. Uh, and on Twitter, it's 28%. On Facebook, 24%. And YouTube, it says 13%. Then you see a couple of others, Instagram and Pinterest as well. Um, now, this was a diagram that was from the beginning of the year. I think it was April this diagram came out. But here's why it becomes even more scary is because... Right now, there's a massive disruption hitting those other three or four businesses. Twitter is changing rapidly. A lot of people have decided not to do business with Twitter or advertise with Twitter. With Twitter, with Twitter, Freudian slip. I go somewhere else. Maybe it comes back. Maybe it becomes smarter. Maybe it's a success. But right now, there's a migration away. Same with Facebook and Meta. A lot of challenges going there. YouTube is still YouTube. A lot of people don't know how to use it or post on it, or create a channel. But a lot of people do go on it to find stuff out. TikTok's not on this list, by the way. But what you've got is a real challenge in the fact that in the next 12 months, at least, maybe even before that, there'll be a disruption in the balance. Twitter may go up or might go down. Facebook, same thing. TikTok may find itself being barred in America. Won't go on about that, but if you Google it, you'll find out what we're talking about. Same for Instagram. Instagram turned around and brought out Reels. and said, right, you can do videos now, short videos, just like we do on TikTok and just like we do on uh, YouTube with YouTube Shorts. And a lot of people turned around and said, no, I like Instagram the way it is. Why are you messing with the formula that works? And they voted with their feet. So what does this mean? It means that if you're a big fan of LinkedIn, you are going to be bombarded by people who are leaving the other platforms to start going into LinkedIn Instagram is going to do very well anyway because of the nature of what it is. But people will go to LinkedIn and they'll come in who are influencers on the other platforms. And they'll be much better at doing stuff than you. Their videos, their talking to camera, their hooks, all these different things. They're experts at doing it. They've got big followings. They're going to hit LinkedIn and LinkedIn are going to turn around and say, this is great. Look at all the engagement we're getting and the revenue that's coming from it. This is fantastic. It's not good for you if you're not getting your act together. And I share with you how to get your act together as part of the accelerator. Number three, the module is all about messaging maps. If you don't know about that, I asked a survey on LinkedIn. What do you want from an effective messaging map? Most people said strategy and implementation. Not a bad idea. Uh, some people said how to drive. Well, nobody said how to drive marketing and sales. Uh, clarity of potential clients and then how to create great content. Now, here's the thing. They're all wrong. Think about what pays your bills, marketing and sales. Your messaging map is how you reach your customers. Your messaging map is how you understand your avatar 
who they are, what they want, what you do, what you're offering, and the way to communicate with them. So they go, oh, that makes sense. That's what I'm looking for. Who's this person? I want some from them directly. So when it comes to messaging maps, which are module number three, you get to work out who your avatar is and how you communicate with them. And with my clients on the Industry Icon program, we've been doing some amazing stuff. They've been rewriting their books because the books were just what they thought the world would want. Instead of thinking about what the world's actually looking for, or not the world, their specific clients needed, and now the book is aimed at only them. What? Why is that important? Because then you'll sell books. You won't have a garage full of books that nobody wants, because you thought it was a good idea, and nobody else felt the same way. Module number four is personal branding, and I put this in at number four, not the very beginning, because you need to know those other things before you're ready to work on who you are and who it's for, the version of you. So what do you need to know about making a great personal brand? I asked that as a survey on LinkedIn, and here's what I got. 46% of people said, what makes clients admire you? That's kind of important. Number eight, sorry, uh, number two was how to in, in overcome embarrassment. That was 8%. Uh, how to monetize it and sell it. I think that's really important, 38%. And what if something goes wrong? Well, a lot of these things are really important about your brand. And I share with you exactly how to deal with all these things, but ultimately how to monetize your brand, how to get it out there so people find you and they throw money at you. If you're not doing that and it's just about ego, then yes, you can become an influencer, but you won't make any money. What you have is lots of clicks and lots of likes and lots of comments, and you'll feel really good, but then you go back to your job and nobody will do business with you because they don't know what you do because what you talk about is completely different. Does that make sense? Good. So with a survey, it's about this, the status game. The status game is why people want to do business with you. What do I mean by that? Well, society values three things. Your dominance in your industry, the successful way you've proven it, and also your virtue and your belief in what it is that you talk about. You need to display your dominance by being warm and generous. Your expertise shows your success. I know what I'm talking about. And your sincerity shows that you're virtuous about the things that you have. So therefore, being warm, being sincere, and being an expert positions you as really high status. And that's what your brand should be working towards. And that's what we share with you on module number four of the uh, Personal Branding Accelerator program. So it's how you see yourself, how others see you. And in the center is the most important bit. That's your personal brand. Whatever you think of yourself, if people don't believe you, it doesn't matter because they're not going to do business with you because they don't like you, even if you do love yourself. And with part five of this, the module number five, is podcasts. Why should you have them? Now, this is fascinating. I love this. Ask the question, does having a podcast matter so much to your business? I'd like to know whether you'd like to have one if you knew how. And most people, most people, this survey was literally a couple of weeks ago. Um, said, no, I don't see the point. 45% of people say, I don't see the point. Then some people say, well, how do I start and what do I say? That's 18%. Then how do I set up a tech? Massive problem, 27%. Uh, and then how can I monetize podcasting? 9% are fascinated by that. I would start off with the 9%. How do I monetize podcasting as the only thing you concentrate on? How do you get more people to work with your brand, spend money with your products and, and connect with you? Most people don't see the point which gives you an incredible opportunity because that means that you can step forward and do real business long before everybody else does it. Here's the benefit of having a business podcast or even being on somebody else's. You increase the website conversions. People will say, oh, let's have a look at the website. That's what they mentioned. You get increased credibility as you talk about what you're talking about like I'm doing on this podcast right now. You create greater brand awareness for who you are, what you do, and people interact with you. You grow your audience. People find you and say, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what else they do. You differentiate yourself from everybody else in the same brand or in the same industry because they start to like you and know you and trust you and want to do business with you. And you can treat it as a free speaking gig, an opportunity to learn to talk more. You don't have to be on the stage with a microphone and a live audience. With a podcast in a one-to-one -one or just talking to camera, as I'm doing right now, is a chance to speak and share your thoughts and ideas. Controversial though they may be, the world loves it. That's why Clubhouse and podcasts and all these different platforms, which were audio only, are fascinating because people love the idea 
of hearing about other experts or getting experiences and insights that's going to make their lives easier. And also connecting with experts. If you go on an expert's podcast, then they become your personal friend. Or if you bring them onto your podcast and have never heard of you before, they become your personal friend. These are all things that are useful for being a guest on other people's podcasts because you don't even need to set it up. You just turn up on Zoom or turn up in person and have access to a decent microphone and suddenly there's a list spill of their audience going, this person's interesting. Let's find out what else they can do and what they can offer me. So with that being said, if you want to get your hands on this accelerator, normally it's 997. We've dropped it right down for you in 2023 because we want to make sure that you can get it easily. $97. All these things that I mentioned, five hours worth of content which covers everything and it will blow your mind and there's pdfs and you can go through you can check it all out all that stuff is there for only 97 dollars. and you're wondering dave how do i get access to that very simple all you need to do is go to speakonstage.com backslash accelerator that's speakonstage.com backslash accelerator everything will be shared with you there have a look at it and you can also buy it as a gift to somebody else so if you've got a friend who's starting a business give them that you give them a massive head start. That's how I, all the stuff there is all the stuff I do all the time. It shows you how I do it and how you can do it too. Buy it for yourself, give it as a gift and make it your New Year's resolution to work your way through the five hours only. You can listen to it in the car or you can watch it on your phone. It will be with you forever. Really, really useful. So I hope that you get access to that and it will change your life the way it has for me and the many other people who came to the boot camp we did before and really want to grow their brand in 2023. So with that being said, if you want to become an industry icon, then you can still connect with me and talk to me about the industry icon program. If you don't know about the industry icon program, then I suppose I should really tell you a little bit about it. And, uh, and this is it. Your brand is everything. The way you walk, the way you talk, the way you look, the way you interact, and the things you've done to help others. When you get your brand right, your industry understands instantly the value that you bring to the table. You're a thought leader. You're the high achiever in the room. And you are the industry icon that everyone turns to when they need to find that way forward. Because in a world where everybody's stepping up, you need to fly. Join the industry icon program with Speak On Stage. Incredible things happening in 2023 for those of the Industry Icon program already. And for new people who want to join, we actually have a community, a group of coaching clients that's starting soon. Do you want to be part of them? Or do you want to work with me directly? Let me know. Contact me directly and uh, we'll have those conversations, complimentary chats about where you should be in the future moving forward. So that's about it today. You've already seen who I am and what I do. My name is Dave Crane. I'm looking forward to an incredible year, but I would say leaving you with these three questions. Question number one, asking yourself this, what risks can you take in 2023? What risks can you take that you're willing to do that you wouldn't do before? It's kind of important that you take risks. Otherwise, you're going to be exactly where you were before unless you do something different. Question number two, well, question number two is this. What did you learn from your mistakes in 2022? What can you learn from those mistakes that makes you go, ah, oh, yeah, that was it. I need to do it better. And a final question for you is this. Question number three, what will you do differently in 2023 to get the results that you want to happen? What are you going to do differently? Not the risks that you're going to take, because I already said you need to take risks, but what actual steps will you make? Who you will connect with? What research are you going to do? Will you join a community, a membership? Will you hire a mentor or a coach? Will you change your job? Or just will you read a lot more? Will you spend a lot less time watching TV? Or will you take out the challenges that you have with, with stress and anxiety to allow yourself better working conditions? 
so you feel more free and able to move forward with essential work and when you're not working you spend more time with your family these are questions and challenges that everybody should be considering so that being said that's the good the bad and the ugly of 2022 i'm looking forward to spending more time with you love your comments and questions fire them in and i'll get back to you even if you put them into the comments and i'm no longer live i do go back and look for everything as it shows up on my social media and i will comment every single question that you've got every single comment you've got i will reply to you because that's what my guarantee and promise is to you so that being said thank you for being here it's been a complete pleasure having you with me i look forward to bringing back more of speak on stage in the new year and if you are wanting a lot more, go check it out. The podcasts exist. We've already got another 13 episodes you haven't seen yet. And we cover a ton of things in more depth that you haven't considered yet, which will really help you to boost your brand and grow who you are and what you do. I look forward to seeing you in 2023. Whatever you're doing for New Year, whatever you're doing to move forward and whatever you do in the New Year, I wish you all the very best. And most importantly, be kind to yourself. Because we've seen that not many, everybody else is willing to do that. But one day, when it all ends, and you're looking back, ask yourself a question. Did you really jump and grow wings on the way down? Did you really push your life to be as positive and as wonderful as it could have been? If the answer is no, now is when you start. New Year's resolutions aren't only for New Year. Every single day reinvents. I hope this has been useful for you. It's a pleasure having you in my world and in my community. I look forward to serving you even more and possibly even better in 2023. And that's it for today's podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure having you here with me. If you go to speakonstage.com, everything you need will be there. You get access to my blog. You get past and present podcasts. Find out about the events that are upcoming and also you could join the Game Changers and join our global community, our membership, we're changing the world. Similarly, if you really want to push your brand and get speaking gigs all around the world, then you've got to become an industry icon. Book a session with me, we'll have a chat about it and you can get our online courses to become an amazing speaker and also position yourself as the very best in your niche. I look forward to catching you soon on another podcast. Meanwhile, have an amazing day. Thank mm-hmm. you.